Good morning, church, and everyone who's joining us this morning. My name is Jonathan Perez, and I'm a worship leader here at Wheaton Bible Church. And we're so glad to be with you this morning. And even though we can't gather physically and be here personally, it's a joy to lead you in worship today. Uh, and thanks, uh, thank God for technology that we are able to do this um, even today and so he is worthy of our worship worthy of our praise and we are praying that he would encounter you and your families and whoever you're watching with today as we sing together and read the word and hear the word of God preached to us and so join us in worship participate with us uh, sing with us and pray with us this morning amen I want to read uh, Psalm 96 to you it's a call to worship uh, and let that encourage you to come before the Lord today from your home, wherever you're watching. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord. Praise his name and proclaim his salvation day after day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous deeds among all peoples. For great is the Lord. And most worthy of praise, he is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the nations are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and glory are in his sanctuary. Ascribe to the Lord, all you families of nations. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. Tremble before him all the earth and say among the nations, say from home today, the Lord reigns. Let's sing to him and crown him with many crowns. He is worthy of our praise this morning.
As we continue to, to worship this morning, we're going to go back to the Word. We're going to read out, out of Psalm uh, 46, verses 8 through 11. It says this, Come, behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow. He shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. And I found such a refuge in this passage over the last couple of weeks, knowing that in all the calamity that's described in, in verses 8 and 9 and, and the power that God has uh, in the midst of such chaos that's described. And then in 10, what does he say? The psalmist says, be still and know that I am God. In the midst of all the chaos, everything going on around us right now, not just here in, in West Chicago and, and Streamwood and, and our surrounding communities, our country, the world, chaos, fear, anxiety. And just as Jesus calls and we know that God, our Father, our Abba Father, that intimate relationship, he holds it all together. He's with us. Amen. Let's continue to worship and we sing to that Abba Father this morning. He's a good God. He's a good Father. Bye. 
ask that today, as we hear your word preached, that we would be able to grasp, just have a glimpse of who you are. You are holy. You are perfect. You are good. You are righteous. And you are merciful and gracious. And you are our Father. And so we trust you we wait on you. We entrust ourselves to you, knowing that you care for us. Thank you for revealing yourself as a good father to us, your children. 
And it is in Jesus' name that we sing and that we pray and that we listen to you. That your word would bear much fruit for the glory of your name. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Good morning, church. I'm Kyle Reschke, pastor of Sending and Outreach. One of the things that I get to take part in each week here with all of our staff is praying over all of the requests of our church. Each Tuesday, our staff gathers on a Zoom call to pray over a list of prayer requests. And this last week, we were able to pray for a woman recovering from a stroke, for marriages and families feeling tested by the stay-at-home order, for all of those who have contracted the virus, and for the doctors, EMTs, nurses, frontline workers, essential workers, all of those who continue to serve our communities through this pandemic. Now, praying with you and praying for you is something that we love doing because we believe that there is power in prayer. Now, wherever you're at this week and whatever you're facing, would you take a minute this morning to text prayer to 630-260-1600. You'll get a response back asking for your request and, and whether or not you want to keep it anonymous. Either way, we'd love to be praying for you in the weeks ahead. Now, if you'd like to talk to a pastor about managing the anxiety of the current situation, about how to share Jesus with your neighbors or community um, during this time, you can simply text pastor to that same number and somebody will follow up with you this week. Throughout this pandemic, the global team and I have been checking in with our 90 missionaries in more than 50 nations around the world uh, to hear what some of the needs are in, in these hardest hit communities around the world and also what God is doing. And this week we heard from Josephine, one of our strategic indigenous leaders who serves in Nakuru, Kenya. Now Josephine leads at Hope for Life, which is a ministry that serves and empowers some of the most vulnerable people in the region. Hope for Life makes sure each week that over 140 kids receive an education, care and support, and provides regular meals for these precious children. Now, because of COVID-19 restrictions, um, the children who usually gather every day to, to share a meal together in the middle of their school day have not been able to meet. And through an emergency relief grant that your generosity allowed for, we were able to work with Josephine and our missionaries on the ground to help offset the costs of getting this much needed food and care uh, to these children and their families um, scattered throughout the whole region. Josephine wanted to make sure that I shared with all of you the following. She said, please tell WBC that this gospel of feeding is very effective. Right now, even those who have been opposed to our ministry and work see us giving the children food and they cry praying for us. I hope you caught that, the gospel of feeding, just a beautiful moment. And just wanted to let you know that the impact of your generosity during this time truly is worldwide. Even though this is a season of great financial uncertainty, your gifts and support of what God is doing through Wheaton Bible Church locally and around the world are more important than ever. If you are able, would you consider giving to help meet the increased need for help in our local communities and among some of the hardest hit regions of our world? 
take a moment right now to prayerfully consider giving or setting up a recurring gift to support ministry here. You can do this easily by texting Wheaton Bible to 77977, visiting our website at wheatonbible.org give, or mailing a check to the church office. Thank you for being a part of this great ministry and all that God is doing here through our church. Now let's pray together for our world and for this offering we're about to receive. Lord, today we pray for our church, we pray for our communities and for our world. Father, for all who heard of your love and heard your gospel in new ways leading up to Easter Sunday, Father, we pray that you would continue to soften hearts and open doors to conversation and community and to love and care. Father, to you we lift up all of the frontline workers, essential workers, those serving our communities. God, pour out your protection and your strength. And Father, to you, our great and perfect comforter, we ask that you comfort all who are hurting, grieving, sick, anxious, stressed, feeling overwhelmed, uncertain about the days ahead. Lord, we ask for your presence among us. Father, fully knowing that in you, we find peace and comfort. And to you, God, the God of all nations, we pray for our world today. We pray for government leaders across every nation, for your counsel and for your presence and wisdom as they make decisions with global impact. And Lord, I pray for our global missionaries and partners around the world. And Father, I am in awe that looking on in so many of the crisis areas in the world, your people, your missionaries are there, Father. In Europe, in Africa, Asia, Australia, Latin and South America, and North America, Lord, your people are there and you are present with your people. So Lord, I pray that you would guide and lead us, your church, your people, wherever they are, Father that we would be a light in our homes and cities and nations. I pray this morning, Lord, that you would send us out in your spirit as people who are generous because we worship you, a most generous God, Father. As people of love and of peace, Father, because in you we have found a perfect love and peace. So Lord, send us out, all for your glory. Amen. Well, good morning, church. Good morning, Wheaton Bible, Iglesia, and Tri-Village. My name's Phil Shields. I'm one of the teaching pastors here, and I am so glad that you chose to worship with us online today. I believe that God wants to speak to us in this time as we jump into a new series this week. We're going to be going through the book of Habakkuk, and we're going to be in a series called Faith in Times of Trouble. And it's really our heart that as we are going through this incredibly different situation, that we would be seeking to grow in our faith, seeking to understand who God is, his character, his love, his grace. And because of that, we would be the disciples that he calls us to be and that we would live lives of worship. And so in order to do that, we're going to go through this really short Old Testament book, uh, the book of Habakkuk. And so I want to invite you in your homes right now to open your copy of the scriptures 
to Habakkuk. It's like right towards the end of the Old Testament. And we're going to be in chapter 1 today. And so as you turn there, I'm going to start reading in Habakkuk 1, starting at right at the beginning. We're going to go through the first 12 verses here, uh, even though we're looking at the entire chapter uh, here this morning. So follow along with me. The prophecy that Habakkuk the prophet received. How long, Lord, must I call for help, but you do not listen? Or cry out to you, violence, but you do not save? Why do you make me look at injustice? Why do you tolerate wrongdoing? Destruction and violence are before me. There is strife and conflict abounds. Therefore, the law is paralyzed and justice never prevails. The wicked hem in the righteous so that justice is perverted. Look at the nations and watch and be utterly amazed. For I am going to do something in your days that you would not believe even if you were told. I am raising up the Babylonians, that ruthless and impetuous people who sweep across the whole earth to seize dwellings not their own. They are a feared and dreaded people. They are a law to themselves and promote their own honor. Their horses are swifter than leopards, fiercer than wolves at dusk. Their cavalry gallops headlong. Their horsemen come from afar. They fly like an eagle swooping to devour. They all come intent on violence. Their hordes advance like a desert wind and gather prisoners like sand. They mock kings and scoff at rulers. They laugh at all fortified cities. By building earthen ramps, they capture them. Then they sweep past like the wind and go on, guilty people whose own strength is their God. Lord, are you not from everlasting? My God, my Holy One, you will never die. You, Lord, have appointed them to execute judgment. You, my rock, have ordained them to punish. And so, Father, I ask in these moments that we gather here together, that your, that your people would open their hearts and their minds to whatever you want to say. And so guide us as we go through this. May the words that come from my mouth be your words. And help us to be the people of strong faith in such troubling times. And it's your name I pray. Amen. So the more that I read from this chapter, in fact, the more that I read from this short book of Habakkuk, it's only three chapters, and I want to encourage you to read it today. There's this principle that continues to jump out at me, and it's something that has confronted me uh, as I've been reading this, and I think it's for all of us. The principle that we find here has to do with faith, and it's basically this. It's that your journey of faith will find strength in God's character rather than in your circumstance. Let me say that again. Your journey of faith will find strength in God's character rather than in your circumstance. See, we, are, uh, we can see this throughout all of Scripture. All of Scripture talks about this, of what God's character is like. And I believe that this morning we can see that in this text. 
One of the things that we're going to do this morning is I want to look at four areas. We're going to first look at the questions of life. Then we're going to look at the response to those questions. Then we're going to look at the recognition. And we're going to end by seeing who the person of trust is. So let's start at the beginning, and if you have your copy of the scriptures open, I want you to look at the uh, verses 2 through 4, because in verses 2 through 4, we find the questions of life. What we see there is that Habakkuk is is living in this incredibly uh, hard time. He's living with God's chosen people in the land of Judah. And what is taking place is there's all this disaster and destruction that is is all around him. And it's actually coming from the inside of the nation. It's coming from God's chosen people. In fact, uh, right before Habakkuk comes on the scene, there's this king, a really good king of Judah, King Josiah. And he he loved the Lord and he was setting up uh, areas of worship for the Lord. And he was, he was doing what the Lord wanted done. In fact, he gave hope to his country, said there were good days ahead. And then King Josiah died. And his sons took over. And when his sons took over, they did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. And so because of what they were doing, all of a sudden, God's chosen people ended up starting to bring all this destruction into their country, all this violence and and strife. Not only is that happening inside their country, they also have nations outside of their country that are going to be coming against them. And Habakkuk is seeing all of this and he's feeling like God is ignoring the situation. He's feeling like like God just seems unaware. And so whenever we read this text, what we end up realizing is that when destruction and violence come, not far behind is contention and strife. That's exactly what Habakkuk is is feeling. See, it's in these seasons, it's it's in these seasons that we end up seeing that uh, when this strife comes, that there are these stress-filled questions that fall into our mind, that just flow into our mind, and we want to start asking them over and over again. In fact, I would imagine that right now, there's many of us in our family here (laughs) that have a lot of questions. Questions like Habakkuk. Questions like what the prophet is is saying. And so he ends up coming and he goes to God and he says, here is basically my complaints, my questions. Look at verse 2. In verse 2, what we end up seeing is that he he, he ends up saying, how long, Lord, must I call for help? But you do not listen. Notice those words, how long. See, how long opens us up to these areas that you and I are very familiar with. It's a question that not only Habakkuk understands, but we understand. And notice what he is saying here. It seems that this is an ongoing question. This is something that he has been struggling with God and coming to God over and over again. And he's saying, how long is this going to go on? It's as if he is looking at this and in the midst of it, he's moving into this question because he's going to God and he's basically saying, how long is this going to happen? What are you doing? 
It's almost like God is up in heaven on his couch binge watching something on Netflix and he can't pay attention to anything else. He, he, he looks at it and he says, God, where are you? How long are you going to be doing this? And in the, in the midst of all this, what this is doing is it's calling into question God's timing. He's saying, this doesn't seem right. Have you ever uh, sat in a doctor's office and you've been sitting there and you wonder, how long until I'm going to be called back? <laughs> See, I don't know about you, but patience is a really tough thing for me in, in many different ways. In fact, right now, in the midst of these troubling times, patience is probably eating on many of us. And so we ask this question of how long? When will I be called back? How long until I get those test results back? How long until this tension that's in my marriage is going to leave? Or how long is this tension going to continue on in our home? Or, Or how long is my loved one going to have to suffer what they're going through? How long ends up being this this question that, that is a struggle? And what we realize is that the how long is the place that we dread the most, but it's the place that we often experience God's character most intimately. We don't like being in that place, but it's often the place that God shows up and we see his character most intimately. Now Habakkuk doesn't stop there. See, he deals with the question of how long in verse two, and then in in verse three, what we end up seeing is this. Why do you make me look at injustice? Why do you tolerate wrongdoing? See, in uh, in this verse, he goes to Why? The question why. Why do you make me? Why do you tolerate? Why is this happening? Why is this happening? The question why is the question that comes up when children are starting to discover the world for the first time. I don't know if you've had this experience, but when my kids were younger and they were about ready to do something that maybe they shouldn't be doing, or maybe it was that I wanted to teach them something, I would start talking to them, and then they would utter this word, why? (laughs) Maybe you've had that experience as well. And so you end up, you start explaining something to them. They ask why, and so you try to answer the question a little more. And, And as you do, they end up asking why again. And the cycle goes on and on and on. And what you come to the conclusion on is that the question why ends up becoming the most difficult question that anyone can ever answer. See, he ends up, Habakkuk ends up bringing the hardest question of all, why, to the creator of the world. Now, I want you to get this. See, why is the place where your will And God's will is going to collide. Why is where your will and God's will is going to collide and it's going to come together there. 
See, it's the place where we buy into this lie. I don't know if this is the, the way it is but for you, but it's where we buy into the lie that we think that our timing, our thoughts, our conclusions are actually better than God's. So when we start asking the question why, we're actually in a battle at that point. And so let me ask you right now, what are the questions that you are crying out to God right now? And listen, I get it. I get that you are asking a ton of questions. There is so much uncertainty and trouble right now. And so you might be asking how long. You might be asking why. But here's what I want to know. Are you open to asking that question and realizing that the response might not be what you have chosen? Or are you willing to understand that when you ask the questions, that whenever God answers, he might be taking you down a path that you didn't necessarily want? See, when we ask these questions, we have to understand that there are going to be some things that take place. And these questions take us on a journey. Just like Habakkuk, he was going on a journey of faith. And your journey of faith will find strength in God's character rather than in your circumstance. That's where you're going to find strength. So we see that he brings these hard questions to God. And then what we see after that is that we have to understand that there is the response In verses 5 through 11, we see that there is a change in the text. That Habakkuk has been talking and then all of a sudden the text changes and there's now a new voice and it's the voice of God. So he is going to respond. Now the scary thing in this response is that Habakkuk goes to God and he finds that the resolution is worse than than the, the original problem that he's presenting. I mean, do you see it? I mean, he's talking about something that's going to be coming. And so Habakkuk is thinking that he's going to answer these questions and it ends up being that the resolution is, is far worse than what he expected. So the Babylonians are going to come and they're going to sweep into the land and they're going to overtake Judah. They're going to take them captive. And I don't think that's what any of us would want to hear. But whenever you look at this, what we end up realizing is that the situation is going to get far worse before it ever gets better. And yet, when the message is coming, it's not coming from a human, it's coming from God. See, he's going to use a people who have this incredible strength. And if you read verses 5 through 11, you see that he's describing them in such strong ways. And they're going to come and they're going to overtake God's people in Judah. The, the nation that was supposed to be living out God's will and being a reflection of God to all the nations of the earth. And now a wicked people are going to come. Now, here's what we have to understand is that whenever we go to this text, what we need to see is that in verse 5, we actually learn a lot about God. Look at what verse 5 says. Look at the nations and watch and be utterly amazed. For I'm going to do something in your days that you would not 
believe even if you were told. So when we see this, Habakkuk is being challenged. He's being challenged to believe the unbelievable. He's, he's being told by God, look at what's going to take place. You're not even going to uh, believe what's about ready to take place. It's going to blow your mind away. And in this verse, this one verse in verse 5, we end up starting to see much about God's character. See, the first thing that we have to understand is that whenever he says, look and watch and see what's taking place, we have to understand that God knows what is happening. Remember the complaints. The complaints from Habakkuk are that that God doesn't see what's taking place. He doesn't know what's happening. And yet, what God says is that he knows everything. Look and watch. He's already on the move. And so what we have to take from this and what we have to learn is that even in the moments that you're in right now and God seems silent, God knows exactly what is happening. He knows what's happening. Not only does he know, but whenever we look at this, what we end up realizing is that God has a timeline. So he knows everything and then he has a timeline. And what Habakkuk is saying is that there is this aspect that he's questioning God's timing because he thinks that he should be bringing peace and and bring healing right then, right now. And what Habakkuk seems to forget is that God's timing has always been in process. It's always been in process process. He's he's doing things even when we don't see it. And Habakkuk doesn't understand that God has already been on the move. And so God has a timeline that is totally different than his. Now we see that God knows and that God has a timeline. And then we have to understand that God is at work. So he says, look at the nations and watch and be utterly amazed that you're going to be blown away as you see what's taking place. And so whenever we see that, what we see is that uh, Habakkuk, his complaint hints to the fact that he and some other maybe followers of God who have been doing the work of God have been doing this and yet it doesn't seem like God is doing anything. And this runs parallel to us today. In a world that only considers that humans are at work, what this shows and what God is saying is that he has been always been at work even without us. He's always been doing something. And so for Habakkuk to hear that he should look among the nations means this. It means that God's already been doing something. And if you would just open your eyes and look out, you would be able to see it. And so whenever we see this, we have to understand that God knows. He has a timeline and he is at work. And the last thing that I think we have to understand is that what that leads to is that God is patient. God's character is patience. See, God isn't bound by our commands or our complaints. He responds to the circumstances through his sovereign will. 
Now, we look at this, and this means that since he is the creator, he has always existed, he, he knows all of this, and he is the God of history who works, out, who works throughout history to complete his good purpose. And so God is patient when he's not doing the things and punishing when we think. It's often because he is being patient to the unrighteous because he is offering grace to the unrighteous. He's giving more time. And so what Habakkuk was seeing was this short term and what God was saying is I know the entire storyline. See, here's what we have to understand, that when we look at God's character, when we see what's taking place in verse 5, what we have to understand is that when you are only looking in the short term, you always miss out on the significance of the long-term character and work of God. When you're only dealing with the short term, you always miss out on the long-term significance of the character and work of God. And so just because your circumstances aren't what you want doesn't mean that God isn't working. Just because things aren't right right now doesn't mean that God isn't working. Look at his character throughout history. Look at the grace that he offers. Look at the love that he brings. Look at the understanding that he has about all things. And the reason we have to go there is because we have to understand who is speaking here. Because his will is more powerful than the circumstance that you're going through. And he wants to be there with you. So we see that there's the questions of life. We see that there's the response. And that leads us to the recognition The recognition that takes place is uh, in verse 12. And you might be saying, well, what's the recognition that's happening? Well, here's what you need to understand is that the dictionary has a definition for the word trust. The definition is this. It's the firm belief in the reliability, truth, ability, or strength of someone or something. So the response comes... And now there is a, uh, an aspect where there has to be some trust put into the response, meaning that there is a reliability in the person that is bringing the message. And so what happens is Habakkuk recognizes this. Look at verse 12. Lord, are you not from everlasting My God, my Holy One, you will never die. You, Lord, have appointed them to execute judgment. You, my rock, have ordained them to punish. So here's what we have to see. In this recognition, in this one verse here, what we end up seeing is that Habakkuk ends up using the word everlasting. That word everlasting is actually a name. It's a term that was used for the, it's the covenant name that God had whenever he made a covenant with his people, that he would always be with them, that he was going to raise them up. And so this covenant name comes. In fact, this is the same word uh, in Hebrew that we find in Exodus 3.14. Now you might be going, well, what's happening in Exodus 3.14? 
In Exodus 3, what we find is that Moses is there and he's talking to God and he's saying, well, who should I tell the Egyptians that sent me? And God ends up responding to him and he ends up saying this. I am who I am. I am has sent you. I am means that God was always there in the beginning. He was there before the beginning. He was there in the present. He's going to be there in the future. He's there for all eternity. He is everlasting. And so the same covenant name is used there so that whenever we see this, this terminology that's used, that what we realize is that God is pouring out an eternal faithfulness to his people, which only beckons a call of trust in him. If God is everlasting, then we should be placing our trust even when we don't understand or like the outcome. So we see the character of God is, is everlasting, but in Habakkuk is recognizing that. He also recognizes who God is because he uses the term Lord and rock. You know, he says, Holy One. He says, My God. He says, Lord. And then he says, Rock. See, the prophet is recognizing the stability that God brings to his people. Rock was this uh, name that was used in describing God as the protector. He, was, he would be used as the rock of my salvation, the protector of my life. He was the rock. And so in the Old Testament, we see that God is referred to as the rock. Now, here's what's interesting. If you jump to the New Testament, that same ter term, my rock, is used for Jesus Christ. Jesus is the rock of your salvation. And so what happens here is whenever in, in verse 12, what Habakkuk is doing, he's saying, I hear the response and now I'm recognizing the character of my God. I am remembering who he is. I'm remembering that he's everlasting. I remember that he's the Holy One. I remember that he's never going to die. I remember all of this. I remember that he's my rock and he's declaring the character. Now here's the interesting thing. What happens here is that in that verse where it says, you will never die, it can also be translated, we will never die. And here's why. It's because when God's chosen people were connected to him and trusting and living in his ways, that God made a covenant that they would always be with him. And the same holds true today. That's why whenever we understand that we have an everlasting God, our physical death might come, but our eternal death never takes place because we as chosen people, as people that he loves as his children, will dwell with him forever. He is the rock of our salvation. So when, when we look at this, what we have to see is that there is a lot that's taking place. And what I want to ask you is, what do you know about God? What do you remember about God's track record? 
What do you remember about what God has done for you in the last five years? What God has done throughout all of history? What do you know about God's character when you read his text, when you read his scripture? What stands out to you? What are you learning about God right now in the midst of troubling times? Because we have to go to his character in in order to understand the one that we are putting our trust in. And so in this, then what we have to understand is that the promise is that in trusting God, what is ahead of you is always more beautiful than the now. When you put your trust in him, your circumstances might not change, but the future is always more beautiful than what you have right now. Because God is a God that is everlasting. Now here's the crazy part. We end up, we, we get to this place where uh, we read this in, in verse 12 and we see what's taking place. And then right after this, the prophet ends up going back to complaining, going back to questioning. And you might be saying, okay, Phil, why are we uh, seeing God's character here? It seems like this is a really bad situation. And what it is, is it's pointing something out to us. Why is it that there's only one verse where he starts recognizing who God is? Well, simply, it's because he's human. He's just like you and me. See, your journey of faith is never a straight line. It's never going to always be level. Your journey of faith is always going to look like a roller coaster. There's going to be these times where you're right in the middle. There's going to be times when you're at the top. There's going to be times when you're diving and you're in the valley, but you're going to come back up. And your journey of faith is always something that is going all over. And in that, what we have to understand is that God is always present And yet, as humans, we're kind of all over the place. And so in this, whenever this is taking place, this is why one of the things that we say is that the gospel isn't just the starting line, it's the whole race. Well, the reason we say that is because every day we have to be speaking the gospel into ourselves and into those that we love. We have to be reminding each other because otherwise we are going to live like Habakkuk and we're only going to have one verse of recognition and the rest is going to be complaint. God is asking for you to trust him and in trusting him, you declare his character. I don't know if you caught it, but when Jonathan was praying right at the end of our time in worship through music, he ended up praying God's character, declaring that he was holy, declaring that he was everlasting. Are you doing that today? So what we end up seeing is that there's this uh, recognition that takes place, and then what that leads to is the person of trust. See, what we see here is, and uh, and I get this, I'm sure that some of us are sitting comfortably in our home right now. We might have blankets and the pajamas still on. We might just be relaxing. And yet some of us are, are just regrouping after a long week of work. It might be different work. Maybe it's from home, but it, we're just kind of regrouping through that. Some of us are the heroes 
the heroes that we want to thank, the heroes, the, the people that are in the hospitals, the doctor offices, the grocery stores, those that are working in the supply chain, making sure that we're going to be able to keep going as a nation. Some of you are getting weary because of that. Others of you are hurting because you or your loved one's health is declining. Maybe some of you have job loss that has just taken place. Or maybe you're just struggling because you're being kept from the loved ones that you just desperately want to be with. Let me just tell you, I get it. These are hard times. These aren't the times that we would choose. And yet in the midst of this, what we have to see is that God and scripture have seen this before. There have been times like this before. And we, what we can learn from Habakkuk is that lamenting, this questioning, this crying out can actually be a gift in the midst of our circumstance. See, it offers us to journey to an honest trust and faithful conversation with God. Not only does Habakkuk do it, but we find it, it done by Jesus Jesus laments, he questions, he, he brings this faithfully to the Father. And when he's on the cross, he ends up using Psalm 22 and he says, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? See, Jesus modeled the possibility of having all the questions and being honest with God about the circumstances without having the guilt. And what we find is that you can be faithful in the midst of your questions by continuing to address God as the God who is eternal. See, God knew what you needed when it comes to trust. God knows what we need. And so in that, in that needing, what he said is he sent his son into this world to rescue us. Remember, in Habakkuk 1, it was going to get worse before it got better. And what we find is that Good Friday would come and our Savior of trust, Jesus, would go to a cross and darkness would fall on the land when all hope seemed lost, but Sunday came. I want to remind you that if you're hurting right now, let me remind you to what last week was. I don't think that the disciples knew what was happening on Saturday. They were struggling. They didn't understand what took place. But when Sunday came, they saw an empty cross and an empty grave, and it shouted triumph because your faith is confidence in the character and the promises of God so that he can rescue you and bring peace into your faith journey. He is the person of trust. And so he is super intentional on seeing and trusting him in every season and circumstance. And so where is your trust in this moment? Who are you trusting in? Trust might not change your circumstance. It might not ever change that, but it puts your focus on a risen Savior. And so let me remind you, your journey of faith will find strength in God's character rather than in your circumstance.
And I pray that your faith will grow today. Father, I thank you for the book of Habakkuk. I thank you for what is taking place here, that we see this complaint, that we see these questions that are happening, that we see what is uh, all these things that are so similar to what we are going through right now. And so I ask, Lord, that in these troubling times that our faith would grow, that our faith would expand, that we would see you for your eternal love, your eternal grace and mercy. And I pray, Lord, that we would see that you are the rock of our salvation, the rock for us in our troubling, hard times. Help us to be a people that speak that into ourselves and speak that into others so that we can trust you and have confidence in you. Lead us in that, Lord. And may you be glorified through that process. It's your name I pray. Amen. Amen. We all need to grow, continue to grow in faith and trust in the Lord. So one thing that I want to do today, um, many of you are watching together with someone else, whether that's your spouse or your children at home, or maybe you're by yourself watching the service, and we want to just take a moment to engage with one another at home. And if you're watching by yourself, we'll do it with you from here. Uh, just take uh, just a minute to pray for each other, that the Lord would build us up in faith and trust in this season that we are living right now. So would you just take a time to turn to someone with you and pray with them and for them. And if you are by yourself, we will be praying for you here. So let's pray right now, just a minute. ask you to walk with us as we trust you as we come to you as children who are needy we wait for you we wait on you and as we wait we sing we sing because you are worthy and because we need to hear the words that we are singing we need to remind our souls to wait on the Lord. So we will.
Jesus, I will call. Incline your ear to me anew, and hear my cry for mercy, So as we close today, 
I want to just pray this prayer from Psalm 62. And it's my hope and, and prayer that this would be the words that you would be uttering to God in these times. Truly, he is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will never be shaken. Yes, my soul find rest in God. My hope comes from him. Truly, he is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will not be shaken. My salvation and my honor depend on God. He is my mighty rock, my refuge. Trust in him at all times, you people. Pour out your hearts to him. For God is our refuge for everlasting and everlasting. And it's in his name that we pray and cry out. Amen. Thanks for worshiping with us today. I want to invite you back next week as we jump into more of this book and in our series of Faith in Troubled Times. And so join us there. Have a great week. worshiping with us this morning. Whether you have been a part of this church community for many years, or if this is your first time with us, we would love to hear from you and pray for you during this time. So text prayer or pastor and someone from our pastoral staff will be reaching out and responding to you this week. Another place where you can connect with others from our church is in our Facebook groups. There are groups for men, for the traditional congregation, for parents, and a big shout out to my TBC community group. If you go to one of the campus's Facebook page and choose groups on the sidebar, you will find a group or two that are right for you. In these groups, you'll find information about Zoom Hangouts, a place where you can ask other parents for advice or help during this quarantine time, hymn sings, and even motorcycle ride meetups. We hope to see you there. With the many safety precautions during this time, we have found that local one-on-one -on -one ministry has been the best way to serve the needs of our community. In order to meet that need, we have created a Give Help, Get Help portal. If you need help this week, or you know of someone who needs help, would you visit wheatonbible.org help and write down the need that you have in there. We will match you up with someone who can help out this week. And if you can give help, visit the Give Help portion of the portal and write down how you can help at this time. We know that the needs in our community are increasing day by day, and we want to increase our generosity to match that. Thank you so much for spending part of your weekend with us. We hope you have a generous week.
likely do so. I just, I just, I just like the fact that it's a, yeah, it's just because yeah. if it's too loud on stage, it doesn't feel, then I've got to crank this yeah. up in order to get it here, and that. And these, I put in, I put on off
Thank you.